0: This is Pet Life Radio. Let's Talk Pets.
1: This show is brought to you by Pet King Brands, the makers of Zymox and Oratine.
0: It's OBE with Arden Moore. The show that teaches you how to have harmony in the household with your pets. Arden Moore. Welcome
1: to the Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, if you did a poll among dogs, I'm betting that some of them may swear that their full names are Bad Dog Malone or No, No, Nellie. Hey, you know, some of their unwanted behaviors may be due to some miscommunication from us. Well, listeners... You're in for a real treat. Oh, I wonder how many ears are popping up when they hear that sound right now. Treat, because help is here. Our special guest is one of our favorite guests on our show. She is the lead animal trainer for Fear Free Pets, a best selling author, and a definitely great go to pet expert. Please give pause and applause and welcome back, Mikkel Becker. I am so glad you're on the show again, Mikkel. Oh, me too, Arden. You have been such a close family friend
2: for so many years, and I just have admired you and everything you've done with your pets. so it's just always a a real treat for me.
1: (laughs) You know, while i got to confess, I'm kind of doing a little uh, Snoopy dance in my chair, because I'm very excited you're back, and listeners, get ready to be schooled in a positive and practical way. Because Mikkel's going to dish up some spot-on strategies to get your dog behaving at his or her best. But first, we need to pause for this commercial break. So you know the drill: sit and stay. We'll be right back.
0: Time for a pause. Four furry ones, actually. Sit and stay. All behave. We'll be right back.
2: Take a bite out of your competition. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today.
0: Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. All Behave is back with more tail wagging ways to achieve harmony in the household with your pets. Now back to your fetching host, America's pet edutainer, Arden Moore.
1: Welcome back to the Old Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. Now, our special guest is a good friend, not only to me, but to people blessed to have dogs in their lives. And of course, the dogs themselves. Mikkel Becker has lots of initials after her last name. I think there's enough to fill a whole bowl of alphabet soup. But let me uh, <laughs> kind of run it all down. But what I also admire is Mikkel is always a student and a teacher. Now that's a really powerful combination. So you guys ready? Okay. Mikkel Becker is a Karen Pryor Certified Training Partner. She's a graduate of the renowned San Francisco SPCA Dog Training Academy. She's a certified behavior consultant, a certified professional dog trainer, the lead animal trainer for Fear Free Pets. Oh, she's also co-authored six great books, And when she does have some downtime, she hangs out in her home in Spokane Valley. Is it Spokane? Spokane? Yep, Spokane. Mm Yes, Spokane. I can't Spokane, right? Uh, Spokane (laughs) Valley, Washington, with her daughter, Reagan. She's got a puggle with a cool name, Indiana Bones. And she's self-described an adorable, naughty pug mixed named Otis. She just got a new cat, and she's named him Milo, of course, Otis Milo. A pair of unnamed guinea pigs, we'll have to talk about that, and a cuddly horse named Chili. Oh my gosh, should I get them all? You got them all.
2: Yes, we we have quite the critter crew and just... I love them all. I love, you know, when you talk about clicker training, I I have so much fun working with different species and it's always fun. It's such a challenge and it's so cool. I love watching you work with your cats and just showing people that, you know, cats, for instance, get such a bad reputation for being untrainable when they love to learn. So
1: the secret, make it their idea. Think it's their idea. So you've got to outfox the feline. Oh no, Casey's listening. I'm in trouble. That's true. Make them think they're training you, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, One of my great veterinarian friends, Dr. Elizabeth Collarin, said, Arden, with cats, you never force. You always negotiate. And so that was great, wise advice. And here, listeners, today, we've got some sage advice for our DOGs. Now, we're in 2022. We're getting out of this dang thing called COVID. We're getting out and about, and what we all want, of course is to have dogs that are well behaved at home in the car, you know, on a doggy vacay, you name it. So we are very lucky because we have Mikkel Becker here. So let's just get into it. I mean, talk about communications because it is a two-way conversation. And I think in some ways, I think dogs are more multilingual than we are.
2: Oh my goodness, you definitely hit that spot on. They are always watching us, watching our facial expressions, our movements. The way that we say certain words, certain words they key in on. So as you said, the word T-R-E-A-T, that definitely is one that say we to I don't know. The dogs will come running. And then it's like one of those, or I'm like, Reagan, that's a special word when we use that word. That's almost like the, you know, for us, it's with the S on the end is like our, our emergency recall word. But oh. you know, it's uh and for a lot of dogs, it's it's do you want to go in the car versus do you want to go in the car? Like, yeah. so, you know, are we going to the, yes, they definitely, they pay attention to all of that. And You know, a lot of times people think I don't have enough time to train my dog. I, you know, it's just, I can't invest my time, but you are already training your pet, whether you realize it or not, because every interaction we have with them, every, like just their environmental setup in the home, we are continually training them and setting them up for certain types of behavior. And so just by simple shifts in our own behavior and in our provision for our pets, we can make a huge difference for the better in their lives. And just in having that peaceable relationship with them.
1: Well, what I'm hearing you say, cause I'm trying to be a good listener is that it doesn't have to be this formal carved out must spend 22.3 minutes now with my dog. Can you give us an idea of how we can just slip things in as we're walking to the kitchen, as we get up, as we're grabbing the leash for our dog? I think people don't realize that we can actually just meld it in or whatever that weave it in. Don't you agree?
2: Oh, completely. And I, I think it, that's the biggest thing to make training and behavior modification successful is to make it part of your everyday life. Because if it's a huge chore, a huge task, it's just not going to happen. And that's whether you just are a pet guardian or even a professional trainer. A lot of my friends, we as trainers, it's a struggle because yes, we get paid to train other people's pets. But when it comes to our own pets, it can be really hard yeah. and, you know, and you can get really busy, lots of different things going on. And so, you know, it's trying to make it fit into your everyday lifestyle. So
1: yeah, give me a scenario because get with one of your pets, tell me you're going to do something and what do you do to sneak in little good doggy manners to be consistent? So breakfast is a perfect time. Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Yes. And so rather than feeding out of the food bowl, I definitely feed out of food puzzles. So I okay. have these little pupsicles that are pre-stocked in, in the little dog freezer. And so it basically gives them a, a job to do, or or they are working it out of different food puzzles or scattered food out in the ground. So they're having to hunt for it with their nose. Yeah. Like the snuffle really mats or whatever. I love yes, the snuffle mats. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So what you're doing is you are directing their physical and their mental energies towards an outlet that works for both them and works for you. And when we think about it, that energy that they want to expend anyways, it's going to be spent on something. And if we don't give them a job to do, they are going to find their own job. So definitely enrichment is very important for dogs and for cats. So same thing with my cat, Milo, he's fed out of food puzzles and hide little treats and and, uh, different goodies around his, his little living area. So he's constantly working. And what we want to do is we want to ask them just for a calm behavior before we give them a reward. Okay. And so so it's like doggy
1: grace, right? Yes,
2: exactly. Exactly. So, so before they get their meal, you know, it can be as simple as four on the floor, four paws on the floor, quiet mouth, then we deliver their meal, or we can build up to being able for them to, to wait with their bottom on the floor or line all the way down for the food bowl to be lowered. If they jump up, if, if they bark, you know, we just wait a moment until we get that quiet. So we get that subtle behavior, then we lower that down. And then as soon as they're in that, that calm position, then we give that release. So free, and then that releases them to go to go get their food puzzle or their frozen treats. And uh, just a a tricky way that we can do with even nail trims, for instance, is is we want to work nails into like everyday handling. So a lot of times people will be like, okay, I can, I can handle my dog or I can handle my cat and touch their paws. But when it comes to nail trims, it's totally different. And, and they know, and they act differently. And so then they'll freak out. They smell our, our emotional state, right? Yes, they definitely do. That's a big thing. So I have experienced that before working with, with some very aggressive dogs, where if I start to feel that fear, it's amazing to me just how quickly they pick up on it. So I think body language, it's, it's likely they probably can smell, well, I know that they can smell Adrenaline, and they respond negatively to that. Like adrenaline on a veterinarian's um, sweat that the dog smells, they're going to react negatively. For instance, in one study that was done, but you know, cortisol. Like I think there are so many things that we we can't even tell that probably our pets
1: are picking up on. Well, let's and talk so- about that. How do you fake it till you make it? What can you do, maybe with your breathing or what you say, that can actually kind of kick up the oxytocin or the cuddle hormones or the stress-free hormones. You know, I, I'm t- I think there was, I think I have a whole thing. Okay. Oxytocin, your dad, Dr. Marty Becker taught me is the cuddle hormone. Dopamine is happy, motivating. Serotonin is mood stabilizing. So what's some things people can say and do when it's uh manny petty time? Well definitely taking those deep breaths. That's really important. A lot of times we are
2: holding our breath and when we hold our breath or say, we could just go from like normal interactions, you know, we're kind of loose body language, all of a sudden we get really tense, pets pick up on that. And when right when they hold their breath, they're likely to right after have some kind of reaction. So it might be barking, lunging, growling, whatever it might be, it's like a freeze. And so if we freeze, that is signaling to them like, oh, something bad's gonna happen. Yeah. So trying to, to take those deep breaths, which is going to lower your heart rate, lower your blood pressure, and if your pet likes petting, that's perfect to be able to, you know, be petting them, which is going to be stress relieving for you both. It's, it's releasing those feel good hormones in your body. And what we want to do is I think the greatest way to gain success with nail trims is to take the pressure off of yourself. Oh, good and point. by extension, that takes the pressure off of the pet because so many times it's like we go in and it's almost like you're going into battle. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go in there. I'm going to trim the nails today. I worked up the, you know, I finally am worked up. I'm ready to do it. And when we have that kind of attitude, it's very stressful. Pets pick up on that. Something's different. What we want to do is we just want to make it part of their everyday interaction. So if you have certain things you, you need to do with your pet every day, whether it's giving them medications, applying ear ointment or eye drops or insulin injection, nail trims, just have that be part of your everyday interaction. So for instance, Milo, the cat we adopted was a stray. He had been a stray for I, at least a few months. We have no idea his past. He's so. not going to tell
1: you his backstory. That's just a cat deal.
2: He is not, he has the scars where I'm like, okay, I, you know, he's definitely, has gotten in multiple fights. He's a, he's a tough little feline. And definitely he is not one to, as you said, you can't force a cat to do anything. And he's one of those cats. He definitely has his own
1: mind and, So this is good because you have a new pet and it's a cat and you need to keep their nails trimmed because they don't want to get snagged in the carpet and, you know, grow. I mean, I'm laughing because listening right now is my cat, Rusty. And I just sometimes just hang out with him and I just push his paw pads like this because this is radio guys. Listen, (laughs) just like this, but he's in my arms and he's hanging with me and I just push his little paw pads and look at his nails Give him a love and let him go. And then he's like, "Exactly, what was that?
2: Mm -hmm. It's part of your normal interaction. So I think that is so key. So it's like, yeah, when I go in to go see Milo, same thing where, you know, he comes up, he loves to be snuggled when it's his idea. Uh, He loves to be snuggled, loves to be held, and he'll make biscuits. And he'll drool on you and things like that. And that actually has been the best way to get his nails trimmed because I've tried food distraction. I decided, okay, I'm gonna try, you know, see if he likes towels. You know, some cats like to hide. Yeah. You know, as soon as he saw that come out, it was like freak out moment. So I don't know if he had a bad association or if it was just something new for him. Yeah. Um, so usually for most cats, less is more, and so for him, it's you know, I trimmed all of his back nails today just by literally holding him and just him making biscuits and, you know, slowly working my, my way down. So you want
1: to start off petting in an area your pet is comfortable with and Good. then work your and way down. And that pertains that to paw. dogs too, right? Because some exactly. dogs do I mean, I know I used to have a corgi and corgis are notorious for not wanting their paws touched. And so right off, I made sure from day one, I would always play with Jazz's paws in a fun way, right?
2: Yes, definitely. That's so key. And letting them know what you're about to do, because a lot of times it's like a surprise. It's almost like, you know, it catches them off guard when all of a sudden someone oh. reaches and grabs their paw. So what we want to do with Fear Free, one of the the concepts is called touch gradient. And What it is, is working around the animal's body, almost like you would with a horse. So for a dog, for instance, if they like being pet on their chest or maybe their shoulder, you can start off in an area of comfort and you gradually work to those more sensitive areas. So you use that gradual sliding touch and then move to those sensitive areas, just stay there a little while and then move to other areas. We don't over focus on an area. But what that does is it reduces that element of surprise. So the animal knows where you're at. It's almost like when you're having a massage, it's startling if the masseuse takes her hands off, puts her hands back on. So they try and keep that continuous touch in some way as they move around. And that's what we want to do with our pets, too. So reducing that surprise. So
1: no surprises,
2: predictability, download. Yes. Absolutely, definitely. And t- and taking off little slivers of the nail. So that's another mistake that can be made is it's taking off this huge chunk of a nail, which... You are a lot of times more likely to hit that quick, which is going to be painful. Which, if that does happen, have your tools on hand. Your quick stop, your cornstarch. Have something on hand so you aren't having to scurry and grab it. And just think, okay, you know, stuff happens, poop happens, you know, and we're gonna be better the next time. So the less you freak out about it, the less your pet is probably going to freak out about it. But one of the best ways to prevent that from happening in the first place is to do what Monique Fairchild calls making confetti of the nail. So Essentially, you are just taking out little tiny slivers of that nail and it's a lot less startling to them. It's a lot less sensitive because the end of the nail is, you know, more just dead and it's away from that, that blood. From the quick with the blood supply. Yeah. So just little tiny slices of the nail like confetti, and you are going to make much greater headway and build long term progress that way by just doing a little bit at a time. And rather than going in for battle with the pet where we're going to get the sun today, just having it be part of your normal interaction. So, like with Milo, when I first snuggle him, I'm bringing out those little nail clippers. So he rubs his cheeks on them, or for a dog, we're bringing that out right before mealtime. Good. Now he has his scent on it. Exactly. Exactly. Idea. Yeah, so it feels it smells safe. It's like, you know, his and it signifies, ooh, whenever that comes out, then she always like lets me cuddle and we get lots of time together and so you know finding finding what Exactly, finding what works for your pet. If your dog is a huge fan of playing ball or tug, the nail clippers, the nail grinder, that can come out right before. So, and oh. as the pet gets good, you can even use play as the reward for letting like you that. clip a nail.
1: Yeah. Hey, everybody! She just helped us learn how to open our own manny Petty Spa for pets. I'm just kidding, but nail trimming is one of our good responsibilities as pet parents, and it doesn't, as she say, has to be a surprise or a struggle just let them download what to expect Um, we're going to learn more after we take this commercial break so sit and stay we'll be right back
0: time for a walk (coughs) on the red carpet of course all behave will be back in a flash right after these messages
1: hey pet pals arden moore here is your dog or cat prone to ear infections does your pet resist having his ears clean when they're inflamed or irritated? Are you also concerned about the overuse of antibiotics? Help is here. Zymox ear care products offer soothing relief and, (laughs) hey, you're gonna love this part, they don't require the ear to be clean before you apply the drops. It's as easy as fill, rub, and done. That means less touching of those sensitive ears to help create a soothing, fear-free experience. Apply just once a day. Zymox gets its effectiveness from enzymes, not antibiotics. That means no side effects, no antibiotic resistance. You can find these veterinary recommended products at your veterinary clinic, most pet specialty retailers, and online. And here's a real treat. Yes, I did say the word treat. Save 20% off any Zymox or Oratine product on Zymox.com. Just enter the code ARDEN20 at checkout. That's ARDEN20. To learn more, visit Zymox.com. That's Z-Y-M-O-X.com. More great news. You now can also save 20% off any Zymox ear or skin product on the exclusive deals page on Fear. FreeHappyHomes.com. Pause up.
0: Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com. <laughs> Hi, this is Dr. Marty Becker, and I'm proud to be part of Arden Moore's O Behave Show on Pet Life Radio. We're back from the lot. Just checked the paper and we had a record showing at the box. The letterbox, that is. Now back to Obehave. Here's Arden.
1: Welcome back to the Obehave show on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host, Arden Moore. And Mikel, I just got to share something. Did you know that our show, Obehave, is the longest continuously running pet podcast on the planet? No. Since 2007. Way. I believe it. You are amazing. Your father was our very first guest. Do we have to say something nice about him? Yeah. Go ahead. Everybody, America's Family Veterinarian, Dr. Marty Becker, he is the genius behind Fear Free Pets. But what's it like to uh, grow up in a house with a cool mom, Teresa, and your dad and your brother? Because he was dad. He wasn't doctor. He was dad to you. He's been dad to you. So how did he inspire you to get into the pet world?
2: Well, my dad and I have always been so close. It's just that bond that a father and a daughter have where, you know, we just have this, it's just unspoken. I'm almost like a mini Marty is what what I'm
1: called sometimes. Oh, actually, that's a good thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah. We're very, very similar. And, you know, growing up, I loved pets. Oh, I love them so much. And, you know, it's surprising because being a veterinarian's daughter, you would think I just grew up with so many animals, but my parents up until I was five, we didn't have a pet other than like when I was really young. And I, I couldn't remember because my parents had lost a dog and it was so hard. The grief is so hard that they thought, okay, it's just too yeah. much, you know, it's hard to go back. And so- you know, it was a process for us getting, getting that right pet, which ended up being a wire haired fox terrier who actually got me into dog training because of her shenanigans and, you know, being the dog that was, you know, basically kicked out of her obedience class and was super naughty, but yeah, so it's, it's just kind of this, this journey together where, you know, growing up with her and then after her, it's just, you know, she just opened the gateway to so many other animals that we got from horses and cats and Dogs and yeah, so it's really cool. It's very nice to be able to, you know, call my dad and ask him a question if the pet has an upset stomach or whatever
1: it might be. Well, now he gets to talk to you when it's a behavior issue.
2: Yes, definitely. Though he definitely sometimes encourages some of the naughty behaviors in his dog because he loves it. So, you know, to each his own, I've tried. And uh, I think the hardest people or the hardest animals to train can be people and especially your own family. So, yeah, I
1: agree. You know? <laughs> but one thing I want to get into is tell people exactly what the FAS means in Fear Free, how people can find out, because I think it's just like an amazing resource that people can go to, to really bolster that relationship we have with our pets and really make a life worth living for both you and your dog or cat
2: absolutely. So FAS stands for fear, anxiety, and stress. And within fear-free, we have both a professional certification course for uh, different veterinary professionals or trainers, groomers on the pet guardian side at fearfreehappyhomes.com. We have a plethora of resources. I love that word, (laughs) plethora. Thank you to my high school English teacher. (laughs) But yes, so definitely there are some great resources there. And one of the things when we talk about FAS is there are different levels of fear, anxiety, and stress. And a lot of times we aren't recognizing those signs until it's too late, until the point where the pet is actively struggling to get away they are potentially having that progression to aggression. And so a lot of times people aren't really reacting or providing help for that pet until it's, it's at that point of just really high severity where it, it is a huge problem. So trying to intervene early on and recognizing those signs of stress early. So within Fear Free, we have different levels of FAS to recognize, and that's based upon the pet's body language and other behaviors so like level zero is just the pet, like your pets in the background that are just super just still, chill and chill. they're relaxed. Yeah, they're just relaxing. You have over there to deal with my bad
1: jokes all the time, Mikel. I mean, I say to Kona, Kona, what's the favorite musical instrument for a dog? Trombone. Oh, my goodness. And then Kona puts her paw against her eyes and says, I have to live <laughs> with her. I can relate. You know, that was me growing up
2: with my dad. So <laughs> You know, yeah. my, my level of, of FAS is zero too. I'm, I'm used to it. So um, no, but I love your jokes. Just but I do note. like
1: how you distinguished. There is a fearfree pets.com and a fear-free happy homes. And they're both available to anyone, but you have really focused also for pet guardians as well as pet professionals. And I'm happy. I got to confess in a good way. I'm part of the team. And I'm happy because in all my classes, I always slip in fear-free because I think it's a game changer. I really do think there's a lot of dogs out there from COVID that are having separation anxiety because people are going back to work. Can you give people a little insight into what they should do and what they shouldn't do as they return back to their offices and they actually are going to take a thing called a vacation? What's some tips that can help the pet Deal with uh, mommy and daddy not being tethered to them?
2: So, what we definitely want to do is we want to provide that predictability and that independence early on. Okay. So, we want to make it less of a contrast when they are going back to work or when they go on that vacation versus just their normal everyday living. And so for a lot of pets, it's going to be a stark contrast because all of a sudden mom or dad leaves, they are gone for hours, they don't come back, like, what do I do? And, you know, and it can definitely be that anxiety that for some pets, it's this extreme panic attack type of response. And for other pets, it's just sheer boredom. They just get very, very bored and they find their own job to do. So maybe they're going to- Oh that table carry leg something looks up. really yummy. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. So one of the best things is actually filming your pet. So having, if you have any cameras, maybe, you know, even setting up your own cell phone or an old cell phone, just getting some footage of what your pet does when they're alone and do it on on different days, like, so maybe when you're going out as you would be going out for work or for school, or if you're just going out for to run an errand, because pets can respond differently to each of those, because one may be more predictable than the other. Um, maybe one they anticipate is being shorter than the other. So you want to film them for about a week just to get a good baseline on it. And at the same time, we want to start providing those positives for that pet. So we want to provide them with basically an occupation of their own while we're away. Okay. So, We, we happily employ them on different things. So that's where, you know, for our pet, we are, are giving them, if they're in their own area, you can do lots of different stuff, food puzzles. If you have multiple pets, maybe that's where you can be strategic about maybe the pets are near each other, but in separate areas, if they get growly around their resources, Uh, for for the cat staging those little different hideaway areas where you put those treats in the food uh, because cats too can have some some separation issues. So we just want to give them lots of things to keep them busy and occupied.
1: Now, I know there's a lot of high-tech things out there that won't break the bank. I mean, I'm recording this show in a tiny house in my backyard, appropriately called Ard's Den, (laughs) Uh, not a she shed. And I had to go to the, uh, make an appointment this morning so I have a, a camera, a little inexpensive blink camera that's in here. And it gives a full view of my two dogs, and my cat, two cats that are here. And I could see them. And I saw that, you know, Kona kind of looked up a little bit a couple of times, but laid back down. Is there a, a thing we can oh do wrong? I mean, I was so tempted to hit the talk button and talk to her, but what's kind of the good and bad of talking to them when all they hear is the voice of Arden, but she's not there. Is that a good thing? Or what would you say? I didn't do it.
2: I think that a lot of times it's more for the person than it is for yeah. the pet, that ability to say hi and interact. And, you know, for pets, it's like, I think you can even see that even on FaceTime with people where it's like, oh, you know, say hi, Willie, or say hi, cutie. And the dog's just like, meh. You know, it, yeah. It, yeah, to them, it's it's different. I mean, if it's always paired with a treat, for instance, maybe that's exciting. So it does depend. But for the most part, I would say what's even better is to use something like calming music. So pets okay. are very soothed by. I like jazz. I like jazz music.
1: So I usually have that on in here.
2: That's perfect. Well, I like country, but unfortunately, oh. country music has been shown to elevate stress behavior. So I don't oh, know no. what, what that says, but I still love my country, but I, I don't play it for my dogs when I leave. Um, instead, what I like to put on is something like like soft rock or reggae or species specific music or classical music. Or actually one of the other things that I had heard and I've been doing too is sometimes I'll put on something on TV and a lot of times I'll actually do the the home shopping network oh is good gosh. because they're so happy
1: on there. Yeah, I and do so TV. because there's no screaming. It's happiness and it's a conversation. So your dog is used to you talking in the home with other people, right? So it's either jazz or HGTV for me.
2: Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. We always, we always joke that the dogs have found something else they want from the shopping network when we get home. So, oh boy, the dogs are going yeah, shopping you might again. be getting a delivery. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and what we want to do with those things is we want to play them also at times when we're home. So, you know, if you're playing that call me music, have it on at other times too. So that way they don't always think, oh, music comes on something bad's going to happen. But a lot of pets actually that have separation anxiety have sound sensitivity. So using something to minimize some of those sounds that can seep in and also having a white noise. So that could be a white noise machine, a, a very quiet fan, a fountain, something that can also add a little bit more of a backdrop and a buffer against any of that outside noise coming in. And that can make a huge difference for pets.
1: So we're gonna give you an uh oh, a dog does and how you would approach it. So let's say you catch your dog digging up your petunias or getting into your trash in your kitchen. Why, even though it's our instinct to go, hey, stop it, no, bat. Why is that probably not the right way to deal with the dog? What what's what's your thoughts on how to what to say and how to do it so that your dog isn't going to dig up your petunias or get into your garbage can? What's some tips?
2: What we want to do is rather than punishing them for what the dog is just normal doggy behavior. That's yeah. very normal. The scavenging, hunting, searching for different things, you know, they just naturally as a species are prone to doing those things. So in counter surfing as you said there's the curious as cats. Exactly. And so what we want to do is we want to channel those behaviors into a different outlet. Okay. And so um, for instance, if we do catch our our pet that's raiding the garbage or they are digging in the wrong area, what we want to do is first of all we it's up to us to provide that outlet and to provide that area that is acceptable for them to do those normal doggy behaviors. Good. So for instance, if it's digging, some dogs just love to dig. So it's looking at, okay, what part of that do they really like? For some dogs, it's just that ability to expend energy. They're looking for different discoveries. It's almost like, you know, just like for us, if we like to look on Pinterest or we like to look yeah. on on Amazon, for instance, and we're searching through and finding that really cool thing. The same thing with pets. So they're going to find their own form of entertainment. So rather than getting upset with them, we provide something that meets those needs for that pet. So providing a digging pit outside, that could be a certain area of your yard that's really easily marked that it's easy for them to see. Could be a kiddie pool or kitty sandbox. You can even create your own inside. There's one one product I really like. It's called iDig. I and did. it's okay. a, I dig. Yeah. And it's awesome. It's like a, a whole, it's basically set up with, with a dog's digging tendencies in mind. And nice. so it has different layers. They can dig and basically use their nose to kind of shift through and find like different discoveries. You can hide their toys and treats and, you know, nice. even their food in there or creating your own dig pit on the inside of your house. So you could do that in a basket, in the bathtub. So just offering those outlets. And when we do see our dog doing something that we don't like, what we can do is just use a little interruption. So something that doesn't scare them, just something okay. that gets their
1: attention. Okay. So I'm a dog and I'm yep. doing something I shouldn't be doing. Okay, coach, what are you going to do? Okay. So let's say you're digging in the garbage woof, right woof, now. Woof, 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 woof. Yeah.
2: yeah, be like, I'd be like, hey, hey, right over here, right up here. And so what I would do is I'd redirect you to something I can reward you for. So I could redirect you to a chew, to your own toy, to a food puzzle. So something that's already out. Okay. If if that item isn't readily available and then I bring it out, I'm going to ask for a behavior in between that unwanted behavior and giving that reward. So, okay. for instance, I may just ask for something like a sit, a hand target. So I'm rewarding you for that versus rewarding you for that unwanted behavior. And I think that's where a lot of people go wrong, um, especially like with things like jumping up. So we can go wrong in the way of punishing the dog for it or pushing them down, things like that, because for those dogs, attention is still attention and touch is still touch and they feel conflicted in that situation. So that just escalates those feelings of tension. But the other way that we can mess it up too is when the dog then sits, then we reward is if they get in that cycle, some very smart dogs. And I would say a lot of (laughs) dogs are very smart. They learn, I jump up and then I sit and then I get my treats. So (laughs) you'll see this cycle where it's like, oh yeah, it's, you know, they learn. So to the dog, it's I jump, I sit, I get treats. Uh So instead what we want to do is we want to break that cycle. So ideally rewarding them before they ever jump up. So same thing with like the counter surfing. If you see them going over towards the counter, you know, redirecting them before they even put their paws up, but before they go up on those hind legs, same thing with jumping. So rewarding them early on. And then also if they do the unwanted behavior, so we can redirect their focus. And maybe if it was right during when they were doing that unwanted behavior, just ask for something really simple. So it could yeah. just be like eye contact, a sit, a down, just something Watch easy. Me. And then yeah. we reward. Exactly. And that makes a huge difference for them.
1: Hey, everybody. We're speaking with Mikkel Becker. She is the lead animal trainer at Fear Free. She's an author. She's got a lot of uh, initials after her name in dog behavior and cat and training, all of that. I just want to know, uh, I know, I know l- I have the book that you all wrote, the Fear Free book. You want to say a little bit about that? From Fearful to Fear Free. That has been a game changer of a book that you helped co-author.
2: Oh, thank you. I, it was a big blessing to be able to write that. I was able to write that with my dad, with Dr. Wyalani Sung, with Dr. Lisa Radassa, two veterinary behaviorists. And it's just jam packed with all kinds of information from preventing fears and phobias in the first place and dealing with different normal day-to-day dog tasks or dilemmas that people may face, to what do you do if you, if an issue already exists? Right. And so it's definitely... It's something a that's book. a good reference. Thank you. Yeah, it was a big pleasure to write it, and it was just really cool to see it kind of come full circle, being able to reflect back on different dogs I've helped along the way, and and yeah. you know just being able to highlight the awesome work that those dogs and people did together.
1: Well, for your two dogs, Otis and Indiana Bones, what is something that they've taught you, or how have they made you a better two legger?
2: You know, I would say that, well, Indiana Bones, he is that dog that just unconditional love just, uh, just makes me happy. And Otis, that's that's our little problem child. He's the one, we were his fifth home by seven months of age. Wow. And he is a small dog. Yeah. So, Brussels Griffin, pug Pekingese. So, he's tiny, cute, but oh my goodness, is he full of just personality and lots of behaviors galore. And, you know, whether it's been, you know, house training issues with him, reactivity, extreme fear and, re- and aggression with different types of handling, we, we've had the gamut of things running away. The summer, we actually had a thousand dollar reward out for him because he ran off because he was scared. Yes, it was awful. And so with Otis though, like we just have this unconditional love for him too. And it's like, he has made me a better trainer, has helped me to understand what's going on in in a dog's mind so much more, because it's like, when you get those difficult dogs, those dogs that don't respond to typical things you might do, it's like, you have to think outside the box and think, you know, okay, what is it that's reinforcing for him? And, you know, we don't always know When animal's pass, And so I don't know what all he went through, but what I do know is that I want to make him feel safe and feel secure and make his life predictable and positive as much as I can. And, you know, for me, I think one big lesson for me was sometimes I would get frustrated. Like, like the one thing I actually said before I got Otis is I said, okay, the one thing on our next dog, I don't want to have a dog that has reactivity. Cause if anybody that's had a dog that has reactivity, you're like, oh my goodness, it's, it can be such a tour. Sometimes you're like, I just want to go out, take a walk, be relaxed, you know? And so, oh my goodness. And then of course, Otis, reactivity to pretty much anything that moves, person, pets, like sounds, but he's come a long ways. Good. So he's, yes, he's actually done really, really well, but it is, it's a process. But what I thought was really amazing with him is, is his reactivity actually saved my life. I feel because Good. one time... And as I was working on this, I went outside and it was late at night and it was in our old apartment. And you know how you get those feelings? Like you get that feeling, but you kind of forget it or you kind of push it back. And it was this feeling like I need to be paying attention to my surroundings. But I got like distracted because I think I got something on my phone. So I started to look down at it. And Otis, who had come a long ways in his reactivity and didn't have a phone with him. Yes. And didn't have fun with him. And so they were just, you know, uh, sniffing around, doing their thing. And, but all of a sudden it's just this explosion of barking from him. And I was like, whoa, like it's like startled me because, you know, it was kind of out of nowhere. I didn't see it like, mm-hmm. and, you know, and it was unusual for him at that point because he had come so far. But right then I turned around and looked towards where he was, he was looking. And there was a guy coming up behind me in the dark, like hooded guy, like coming up fast oh too. And gosh. if, if Otis had not barked, it would have been overwhelming like within seconds. And then of course, Indiana Bones is like right there and he runs over and, you know, I have my pepper spray, my, um, you know, my safety tools on hand, but I wouldn't have known. I would just, you know, my back was turned. I had my hood up because it was really cold in the winter. And I wouldn't have wow. known. So you know, did Otis turned,
1: did he turn and go?
2: Yeah, I ran right into the the light, and so I'm turning around as I'm getting my pepper spray. Yeah, the, the dogs just their barking scared him off, and me seeing him. So thank God, like I seriously credit Otis for saving my life in that situation. And so it's like you know, dogs bark for a reason. They, yeah. they, you know, and that, that to me was just that reminder that, wow. you know, Otis is doing, you know, what to him is, is his job as a dog, which is, you know, even way back thousands of years, dogs would bark when strangers, sure. strange people, strange animals, yep, exactly would come up. And so he's doing what he does and a Pekingese, you know, that's what they would do when they protect the emperor. So he's just doing what, what his little doggy brain feels right. And, you know, to me, it's like, wow, that was real evidence of, you know, him doing his job and him
1: actually saving my life in that process and also the fact that you acknowledged and recognized that and i think you're right we are really lucky to have dogs and cats in our lives and i think they make us better humans oh absolutely i
2: completely agree it's you know it's it, it's just this love that is unlike any other love and no matter what you've done, what kind of day you've had, they're just there. And it's just this unconditional love and acceptance. And, and you know, it's like we, we accept our pets as they are. They accept us as we are. It's just this, you know, love that it's so hard to find from other
1: people that, that our, our animals are always teaching us. Well, everybody, I'm so happy that we've had a chance to speak with Mikkel Becker. Check her out at fearfreepets.com, Fear Free Happy Homes, M-I-K-K-E-L, Becker. I mean, she's all over the internet. And we're just glad that you're on this mission, this dogged mission that's going to bring out the best in dogs, cats, and people. So I really appreciate you being on our show and uh, tell your family, I said, uh, pause
2: up? I will, and they would say in return, air hug, and they love you, and I love
1: you, Arden. (laughs) Hey, everybody. At this time, I also want to give a big shout out to my producer, Mark Winter. I call him the surgeon of sound. He is the wizard of pause. He's like, stop! but this is a fact. Pet Life Radio is the largest pet radio network on the planet. But uh, I really appreciate you and I appreciate people like Mikkel because we're helping others get the best out of themselves and their pets. So guys, go to ardenmore.com. I also host Meowie Hour every Wednesday night with the Cat Fancy Association on Facebook Live. I am a licensed bartender. So I make a kitty cocktail after every show. mikkel has been on the show. Did you like that one with your dad? I loved. Oh my god, we had so much fun. I want to come back to Meowie Hours sometime. Okay, we'll get you because we can talk about Milo. Oh yeah, that's perfect. There I like it. Did you hear? Him? She said perfect. All right, guys. So perfect. until next time, this is your flea-free host Arden Moore delivering just two words to all you two, three, and 4 leaguers out there: Oh, behave.